It's a podcast. And now... Welcome back to more garbage! Hey, yo, oh, 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 oh. What up, what up? Garbage podcast, Hot Take Tuesday with the crew. How's everyone feeling tonight? We here. We here with my co-hosts. Boom, DJ Jojo. The pixelated llama, llama. and El Draco, El Draco, and myself, the little <coughs> NYC. Uh, so if you're joining us on YouTube, please hit the like button, which elbow oh, real hard. And if Stop you that, are joining us on yeah, forum, forum smash, click it, Jen. and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel and. <clears throat> Ring the bell so you know when we go on. So you get That's the right. alerts when we are live. So that you get the garbage while it's still stinky and fresh. Mmm, hot trash. So hot tonight, <clears throat> unfortunately, we're going to be discussing the passing of Michael K. Williams. Uh, way, way, way before his time. Age 54. This was uh, a man who had many talents and was really making some positive moves, both on and off screen. Uh, To many, he'll always be remembered as Omar from The Wire or Chalky White from Boardwalk Empire. That's true. Uncle Montrose. But he actually did did a lot of different work and was involved with a lot of different scenes. And, uh, yeah, so we thought we would take this Tuesday night being it's so fresh and, uh, just talk about Michael K. Williams. I gotta say, man, I've seen a huge outpouring over all social media and, um, yeah, it's been just, just lots of positive things to say, you know, and yeah, and although you know the circumstances of his death seem to be unfortunately uh, related to an overdose, or, or so it seems at this time. Allegedly, um, allegedly, I guess yeah. According and, to and the that, news sources that aren't and necessarily it right, exactly which <laughs> drug it was, or, you know. Um, I was just but, learning he had some struggles in his time, though. Yeah, it seems that um, once he was blowing up, uh, maybe even before that, but definitely while they were already working on uh, on the wire, that he was going through some shit. And, and a lot of the the dough that he was making off of that was, you know, getting getting smoked up Ooh. pretty much. Wow. And um, he he definitely was open about uh, his his struggle with um, with drug abuse, as well as um, being a, uh, a basically like a, a me too, like a, a survivor of uh, abuse in, oh, really? in his younger life. Yep, and. Uh, yeah, he, he spoke out a lot about it. You know, I was watching um, an interview earlier today where 
he was on with Sway and uh, they were kind of touching upon that. And, you know, he, he said something that I've never really heard a survivor uh, say before, which was that he believed that there needed to be some kind of space for potential abusers that when they started to feel like, yo, first, first he referred to uh, pedophilia as a sickness. So he said he believed that no one in their right mind can look at a child and have those kind of thoughts. That right. It, it was a sickness that, um, that needed to be treated. And he said he felt like there needed to be a space where someone could go and be like, yo, I feel like I'm going to hurt a child and not be locked up immediately you know that there needed to be some way for someone to 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 reach out you know for help and he said i don't know how that kind of space would would work or how it would be set up he's like but that's the ultimate that's the ultimate progressive thought right and and it really falls in line with uh another interview I, i had watched where um he was talking about uh, the scar on his face. You know, the, like, right, the iconic, <laughs> the iconic Michael K. Williams scar going right, like across his forehead, really yep. far down his face. And he caught a bad one. Uh, and and the story goes that pretty much he was in Jersey, went to a party in Jersey, and uh, <laughs> you know he was he was really into like house music, dance music. He was like yeah. a prolific dancer. <laughs> actually had a career in dancing. We'll, we'll get to that. But he was out there in Jersey and um, he said something just popped off with someone and he said that um, the way he phrased it, I believe, was that he had entertained an interaction with someone because he was basically wasted that he normally would have just like ignored. Right. And he said he basically started like pumping up his chest and talking all, you know, crazy, crazy. And, yeah. uh, and dude, opened up the can of grabbing his mouth like, like this, but really the dude had been holding a razor in his mouth. Uh, and he thought he was getting slapped. Dude actually sliced them all the way down. Crazy. Oh, damn. With a razor. That's Sounds crazy. like some hood shit for real. So, yes, and he dead, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like the 80s, 90s, and, like that. And um, 50 across the face. I think it was. was it that's a little more King? than about 50. Yeah, that's, that's like 300. Someone else that, that asked him, well, what would you do? You know, if you, if you saw that person again right now. And he said, Wait. I actually did see them again. They were at someone's house that I knew and they didn't remember me at all. Mm. And he said he was, he, he, he like confronted the person as far as like, you don't remember me. You don't remember my face. And the guy was like, said clearly didn't know who he was. And he said he was sitting there at this get together and he was just bugging out. Cause he didn't know. He was like, yo, I literally thought I was about to like grab a butcher knife and like chop his somebody. ass up. Yeah. Whoa. And Whoa. he's like, I just Whoa. ran out of there. 
I just had to get myself out of that situation. And they're like, what would you, what would you do if you saw this person again? He said, I, I would apologize to him for, for putting us both in that situation by acting, you know, all, all big mouth, big mouth and wild and coming Crazy. out of my face and, you know, not handling it differently. So, you know, it kind of like speaks to his character that, yeah, you yeah. Know, he, he had like a very like, um, a humbling like a experience, kind of a humble soul. And that, that's what well, people listen, said is that if when people, they had conversations with him, we all know people learned, that don't learn. He can learn from himself. That's everything. He, they said it always feels like, they said it always felt like, um, he didn't want to like overstep his boundaries. <clears throat> He was always like very polite, you know, and he said that um, that he really tried to like connect with people, you know, right. not not just like bullshit with people. But he tried to like make connections. And now these stories are coming out where someone's like, yo, I met this dude. We recognized each other. We're both celebrities. And um, we we just started talking and we ended up talking for an hour, sitting at the coffee shop, sitting at the bar. Like he was like a really engaging kind of dude, you know, like real, real uh, personable. And uh, yeah. you love those types. And, and yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stories, a lot of genuine. stories coming out. Now, genuine, I think is the best word, right? Genuine, yeah. Absolutely. Aside from the, a lot of stories about what a good person he was. Obviously, um, he was also very talented. Uh, uh, I am. And before actor, he was a dancer. And um, even before he was a dancer, he was just uh, a big like house and hip hop head, and was connected with a lot of the hip hop community way before his acting career. Uh, he was personal friends with Clark Kent in, in junior high school. He was friends yeah, went with to, Queen yeah. Latifah before she got signed, or right when she got signed, right around there, before that. Before before she got signed, they were already friends. Because I remember he said he was surprised when people were like, yo, Latifah's blowing up. And he said seeing her blow, blow up made him feel like, damn, you know, maybe, maybe there's a chance I could do something and blow up. And uh, and he said he was watching like the Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation video, and he was like, "Yo, that's what I want to do. I want to be a, a dancer for Janet Jackson." Ejo knew Ejo knew him, right? Did Ejo know him? So Ejo, yeah, Ejo said he was uh, um, did some tour dates with him, or or at least one with for Avita, was it? Oh wow, Avita and. Uh, and he said, yeah, they made some money and they smoked all that shit right up. <laughs> <laughs> he said, it was so much fun. We were laughing the whole time. And it's like, that, that guy was great. So, Jojo, my yes. man, you remember, yes. um, did, did you get to see that, that video link that I sent you? Oh, uh, yeah. I want to uh, share something real quick. Okay. Uh, this was the video that, uh, and I'm not going to play the the volume because probably yeah, we don't want to get right touched. off. 
right. or whatever. But this was the video that he choreographed. Yeah, and, he's in this video, right? And he's in this video when they show, uh, like the three dancers, uh, doing a routine. He's the dude in the middle, so they uh, should be coming up the first shot, like any second. Man, this is so funny with no sound. Can I just say that out loud? Yeah, there you go. He's the guy in the middle there. And he choreographed the whole thing. Nice. That, that was a huge record, too, man. So, yeah, that, that wasn't like small fries. That was something. That was something. And, um, you, know, you know what I had to watch? Just some, some, some like wire Omar clips, just to like, you know, uh, yeah. just to like, you know, just class. I mean, you think about like how many people called him the best character ever on TV. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Omar complicated character. Yeah, and like, I don't want to only, Omar. I don't want to ever like just be like, that's all he was. Like, I never right, wanted this, but, but like, how enjoyable can I just say to watch it over today? Just go to the clips. Like, you know, you don't even need to go oh, deep in it and just, you can watch it over again. The Omar is coming so You can just watch, or that and like man. him. Come on. Come on I, I would love to play it. We'll get shut down though, but we'll put some links up. Yeah, you know, right. you know that one scene though, Fubs, when all the kids all is like up in the up in the courtyard and they all just start. Yo, Omar's coming. Omar's oh. coming. Oh. He just yo, goes, Ayo. He yo. don't even say that. He just goes, Ayo. And the fact he comes straight to the floor. How many stars came out of that show? I mean, not, not to a lot. Michael B. Jordan distract from that show. Idris Elba. Yeah, Idris Elba. Spring of the, ener- the energy in the, the of that show, the authenticity of it was real creepy. <laughs> it was like, um, you know, yeah, I mean, there's so many characters, even like McNulty, right? McNulty and, was like, a, yeah, but it was uh, like everything was based off of real people. Like that's the, you know, there's a person that they write about that who's Omar is based off of, and like. Apparently, this dude, yeah, yo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Digressing. Uh, uh, yo, yo, for real, though, you were holding yourself up. You were like, don't fall. He's running tonight at 4.30 a.m. Austria time. He's so getting it. I don't even know how you do it. Honestly, I don't know like, the pain JoJo be doing for yeah, us, man. I don't know how you yeah, do it, man, like, honestly. I try. I try my best, you know what I mean? Like, you know. You get, you're going to have to stream standing up. <laughs> although, although then you might hurt yourself. So, so, no, no, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good in this seat. <laughs> I can sit back and relax. I could even put my lights up if I wanted to. So let me get. But yeah, he he in Lovecraft Country. Honestly, it was oh crazy. My God. It's crazy that shit got canceled. Can we just talk about that? Like, yeah, we can talk about. He'd that. say that series fucked his head up. Just yeah, because he was also playing like a father that was struggling yeah. with addiction. Uh, it was like all his shit, like a mind fuck for him. But like. They canceled them. Everybody's like crazy, but now it's like, wow. Like, okay. Like, that's what he left it us with. It makes sense that HBO canceled that show. I'll just be like, <laughs> yo, I think the Cosmos canceled that show in hindsight. There's another movie that he, I think that he just read. Yeah, I'm sure there's something else that will come out, but I mean, for me, that's like Mark Wahlberg, I believe. Marky Mark! Yeah, he is doing something with Marky Mark. <laughs> He was also uh, getting primed up to play one of the coaches, hey, George Foreman, 
in a biopic. The biopic. He was supposed I to play, he, the, play the coach. Right. right. Did they film that though? No. I don't think so. I don't, I don't know. So. Uh, he was also rumored for a while to be. Um, he was going to be Miles Davis in a biopic. He was going to play Miles Davis. He was also supposed to be. How about this? He was supposed to play Old Dirty Bastard in a biopic. Really? Yeah. He's, yeah. he's actually credited for it, but the movie was never made as well. Like, you can go on his IMDb and be like, oh. Uh, I'm actually on his IMDb in another window. Let me just throw that up on the screen. I think it's, God, that's windows, I think it's this one. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, what, man, he was on Community for a quick second as a special yeah, guest. Let's scroll down to the bottom. Yeah, he was Until, in the road. I totally forgot he was in the look, road. Look at this. This is what I saw today. Um, a clip from Bringing Out the Dead. Oh, wow. Which, if you remember, that's where um, uh, Nicolas Cage played. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, the ambulance. The ambulance driver, right? The that, was, that was a Scorsese film. Exactly. No, 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 no. Wait, totally different movie. We're talking about... Um, that's, it. That's, it. That's not the bringing out the dead. I know you're can click on that. Pr click on bringing out the dead mean? real quick. I don't think we're talking about. I know we're talking about the same movie, are. but that's not it. Yeah, that's it. it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the crazy movie. That movie fucked me up. I watched it twice, and I could never watch it again. So, I don't think. So the one before. Hey, that, what up? What up? I'm not sure about mugshot, but bullet was uh, Tupac put him onto that movie. Yeah, he's wow. the one. That, yeah, he's the one that requested him. Um, but he just picked this photo out. And was just like this guy looks I, interesting. You know, he's also in a, a movie called Motherless Brooklyn. Yep. Can you? It was uh, a book. Can you make your your mic a little louder, Trey. I feel like I'm gonna try. Yeah, it. Motherless Brooklyn is a book by. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we was talking about that some time back. That uh, he. Uh, Jonathan uh, Levin. It's Keo's brother wrote it. Keo, the graffiti writer's brother, wrote uh, "Motherless Brooklyn." Oh, the nice. book. The movie is crazy, and, and he, I guess he wrote. I guess he helped adapt the, the screenplay too. But yeah, he wrote the book. Uh, then he was also uh, this dude Ray Ray in The Sopranos, and he said he was really proud of that one because uh, it was very rare. For a black person to be on the Sopranos, yes, and absolutely. not be just someone getting wet, <laughs> you know. And he said he got to portray like kind of like the positive figure, like someone who was really being And he did that before the wire. And in general, pretty much, he said that Crazy. he felt like they. I think his words were that he didn't assimilate to roles other than those that portray the African-American experience. Um, and I, I don't think he meant like that he didn't have the talent to. I felt like he felt that's how he was going to be viewed. That he, that he was going to be playing roles that maybe he wasn't typecast. He played like a range of characters. Um, but they all relate. You, that's yeah, crazy you say that experience and how he did said, he not get typecast and he said like he felt that um 
he felt very honored and he felt a great responsibility in doing that. That he was like really representing you know, these these important stories. Well, you but know, he doesn't get typecast because he's he's a he's a, a, just a phenomenal, charismatic human that is just a just who he is. He's not you're not going to get typecast if you're not typecastable. If that makes There's sense. There's actually a right. cool clip that he did. I think it was with the Atlantic or something where it was called typecast. But what and would he get typecast as? It's four of him in the room as his different. Oh characters. yeah, right on HBO. That was an and HBO. All clip. talking to each other. Yeah, you can find that on YouTube. Yeah, that, that's a pretty good thing that he did there. I'm just saying, like, what could you typecast him as? I don't know. I feel like he, I always. I thought after Omar, he would just get none but gangster. Jones. Right, but he existed before Omar. Is what yeah, his, but, his right? But come on. I get it, but then, but it's also the wait a second though. The people that he was working with on that show, that the the artists themselves, the David Simon, these people, these are like high level people. It wasn't just like a hood show on some like you know that wasn't like that wasn't your run of the mill shit. So like, but that's still like the beginnings of his. his... But then think about the people that tapped him, like to be Chalky White to change the direction of his career. Same team, amazing. Same team, even after the success of The Wire. And being Omar Little, he still had to take roles like Harlem the, Bystander, or like, or like Belly Two. Yeah, and that's because again, he he went through whatever cash he had. So what what Serge is so excuse me, Serge is showing is is more or less the typecast right there. That's it. Oh shit, that's his typecast shit right there. You're talking about that he didn't do it. He did it. He just made the money. Look at him. But and then if you go up, able yeah to to break out, and he started doing other stuff. You started to see him, but he's still doing CSI. He was a law and order yeah, you see here, like, thief, uh, killer Mike. But go up to like 2010. And then fast forward to 2010. Oh, law and order. That's what's CSI. up. CSI. I don't know if he was copying these. He kept so busy, look. Man. That would flip the script if he popped up as a cop. Uh, Detroit 187, Aqua Team Hunger Force as voice. Interesting. Uh, Christmas Unity did a few of those. Yeah, he was in there. That was bad, oh funny God. to watch. The Wire, the musical. How did I miss that? That's funny. You're nobody till somebody kills you is an ad. Oh my God. Uh, boom. 12 Years a Slave. 12 Years a Slave. That movie right there. That was a serious uh, work. Oh, he was an inherent vice, crazy. Right. So then he had Boardwalk Empire in 2010, right? He started doing that, but like Dolphy that's why Jesus. That's kind of what changed him. And but really, he was always typecast. But yeah. he just stands out. He's not typecastable, is my point. Like he uh, can show up anywhere him. and be a be a figure. Like Joe. I kind of feel him like as Omar, because yes, he was a gangster, but. He, he also had you know, many levels. But you know, um, I wanted to I wanted to add that I I think when they gave him these roles, they didn't really expect these breakout performances. I think they well, that's were true trying, because this is the I mean? thing that David Simon said about it. They didn't think that um, Omar was going to be around Such. past the first season, and he was supposed to not be in it. But it was just he was. I mean, we all Damn saw good. it, right? But like he knew that it was more than damn good. It was like witnessing some genius, right? 
And so it was like, we can't, we have to write this guy into the entire show. Like this just became part of the, the, the pinnacle that is this show. And so the keystone, excuse me. And so like, that's, that's real. That's just, he that's, that's, that's underdogs champion, but he just, it's not even that he just is that good. Like he was him. It was nothing like he was so dope. He changed I, things yeah, right in front of you. Really starting to heat up. Man. You know what I'm saying? It's up. crazy. Because yeah. as it's, Omar, he, uh -huh. he was this character that was very complex, and that yeah. everyone loved. Him. Everybody loved, his loved portrayal, him. Portrayal of Omar, right? Now, after that, he still needed uh, a role to show that. He could get that deep, but not the tight cast, right? But he could get that deep with another character. Mm -hmm. And um and that was uh that was part of the advice that um he was asked by I think Angie Martinez that uh, interesting what what advice he would give to up and coming actors that were trying to you know trying to make it. And he didn't he didn't do the whole like just keep doing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's usually what you The boilerplate shit? Like but the Hallmark said, card? He said, go to the theater. He's like, especially if you live in some place like New York, where you have access to all these little theater production companies oh, off Broadway, Broadway yep. Yep. all over the goddamn place. He's like, go to the theater and watch how people develop characters. Because that's what you're doing is you're developing characters, right? He said that um, for for quite a few roles, he was able to just nail it. Like he just did it, and they're like, "Yeah, you're it." That's the dude. Yeah. <clears throat> and what a gem to have, and what a like. You don't think he would? He can top all the role he plays previously. So like Omar, of course, is what it is. But I argue with people about how good Chalky White was overall, simply Absolutely. because of, of 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 who he was, how he had mm -hmm. to be, the time and 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 the space of what it was, and how he came off felt like somebody's toughest uncle. He you represented a real person. One second, that's a historical figure. That's different than like Chalky White is a real person. Yeah, man, that was all real. Oh shoot, I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, but still, even so, to pick him to play such a role and give it the depth probably needed, um, I fell in love with Chalky White. Pause. You know, I, I loved I loved watching Boardwalk simply because I wanted actually what well, was hoping they would do a little bit more just about Chalky's uh everyone wanted more Chalky. People thought Chalky could have his own damn show. Yeah. You know, um it was everyone it, loved Chalky. Come on. We were all for Chalky. And it's the same thing going into uh, Lovecraft Country, where you see him again, and you go, now you're at, oh, uh, you know, he's famous now, so he's going to be playing roles. And then the role develops, and then develops, and then develops, and then you realize you forgot all about Michael K. You forget about Omar Chalky. This is a whole new person with a whole new sort of complexity around him. And he hits it every time. Like, yeah, that's 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 genius. You're right. That's just absolute genius. So basically, it's like it's va it's it's vaguely based on the boxer Chalky Wright, 
but it's not. It's like that's the 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 seed, so to speak, and they okay. made it into something different. But that's who he's based on. All right, because he plays more of a gangster kind of dude, not an old time boxer, right? So, well, so listen, listen to this. Listen to this. Um, Gotta dig back into when that. When he was right? on, when he was he was on Stephen Colbert, they they talked about a couple of things. Uh, one was his love for cooking, right? Uh, which actually he took Anthony Bourdain. I saw this to Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> The Glorious. By request. Oh, he did. They did an episode with Bourdain, right? They went by to Glorious by request because had oxtail. He was like, "Yo, just so you know, I'm not taking you to 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 Williamsburg because he, <laughs> he lived in a penthouse on Ken Avenue." Right. Um, not too he far. said, "I'm not taking you to Williamsburg. I'm taking you to Flatbush." Um, he was like, "I'm taking you to to her. I'm from the hood," uh, which he he did have roots in the South, but. He also, what's up? Um, I know he's referred to Sean Price as his cousin uh, on more than one occasion. And, uh, they, I they wouldn't perhaps be surprised. Are actual cousins. Uh, I know that his sister is, um, she's a council person in Compton. She's like the count, Compton Council. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, he's growing got, up as he's a Brooklyn got, like, connections all over the damn place. Yo, this man knew a lot of people, and even before he became Omar from The Wire. He oh, he's around for a long time. All over. There. In fact, I saw um, Stretch Armstrong and Static Selector tweeting. They're like, "Yo, they're like he we, was." We watched him blossom into an actor uh, after. We already knew him as just the head on the hip hop scene. He was just one of us. You know, he was a dancer running around to mad different parties. He did all the summits. He went all he knew Louis Vega and Spinner and all those guys who are like the kings of, of the swing in so many ways. And you know, yeah, now all the footage of him like just dancing in the streets for me. Yeah, there's footage of him, yeah, dancing in Central Park you know, this past summer. You know, and shouts to dance at Lisa. House music. Yeah, and you realize like there's so many other sides that that people you know never really knew about him, and that's something that was like really special to watch. That he was part of the community, never left the community, and made sure that he was continued to be part of the improvement of the community. I, so I saw Sean King tweeting that he's like, "There is no activist in this city that Michael K. Williams was not supporting." Wow. He said, like, this guy was hugely involved. And I remember Fat Joe posted video at some point. He was he was passing, like, a rally. I don't know if there was, I mean, there's so many rallies for so many people this past year. I'm not sure if it was oh, for Garner or Floyd. A trillion. Um, but he was, he was driving by. And he saw Mike Williams out there walking, chanting. He was like, Yo. <laughs> Can we just talk about this is a classic episode because Joe is sleeping. I, I know. I love he, sleeping. He, he's, he's resting. Just, he, he's thinking about shrimp and grits right now. Shrimp Ooh. and grits. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, so the other thing they talked about on the Colbert show, ready for this? I had to write this down so I'd remember, is he asked him, what music do you listen to to get in the zone? Because he was telling a story about how Tupac 
used to get like real in the zone for his scenes. And if they called him to set before they were ready for him, he'd get real fucking tight because he'd mm. come out like ready to go. He said, what the fuck, man? I'm not ready. Don't call me again. I'll tell you ready for me. Standing around, fucking bullshit. And he said, yeah, I really drew inspiration when, when, when I saw that. So he said, for The Wire, all right, he listened to Lauren Hill, the Unplugged album. Oh, really? Which, that was so left field. Yo, I love that album. I've always loved that album because it's got such a live element. Like, you hear her voice cracking. You hear her, like, start to, like, sob during one of the shows. Yeah, yeah like, yo, it, it, it's crazy. It, it, it's a really... Um, really like uh, deep emotional uh, set that she does. Uh, but then he said for Boardwalk Empire for Chalky White, he listened to a lot of Nas. And then I wonder what era for the night of he listened to Mary J. Blanche and Biggie. That makes sense. Everything he <laughs> does, yeah, that's what's up. And um, and then when Stephen Colbert said, what do you recommend I listen to? <laughs> he said he recommended Aretha Franklin Rockstead. Oh wow, hilarious! That's amazing. I, th- I thought those were really nice. He's a he's a really sharp, poignant dude. Yeah, yep. One of those people you can uh, that people will probably misjudge in the streets. Well, just because not even that. I think his energy is even iller, like like regal almost, right? Like. You know, I've never personally met him, so I, I really know. But like, you can just tell from afar just that like so candid, yeah, and like approachable. I mean, he, he's an actor. I guess he he, he made it's part of the game, world, right? You know, in, in whatever number of ways. But but he he showed up in a lot of people's you, circles. We all knew that was I the watched, thing. He was he was an honest dude that was like I around. Watched, yeah, I watched a number yeah. of interviews and I saw, I read a lot of these like tweets and, and memorials people were posting and there was only one that stood out hmm. as doing his own thing and, and trying to poo-poo on the platter. And uh, that, that that's something that the track brought up, right? Before the show was... Uh, I, I don't oh. even know if we should be. I mean, we can mention it because we can mention it. it it's no just stupid that, it was that it's just stupid that what's becoming some sort of ideal is to talk ill of the dead or try to come up off of them more now yeah. more than ever. And, it's fucked and up. It's crazy I, I, honestly, up. I don't. It's not even a too soon. It's like. You know better out, out of all people, you know. And you're talking—I don't know—are you talking about something specific right now? We're talking about Fifty Cent. Fifty Cent, yeah. Uh, you see, this is the thing, though. And then he had to tag this liquor. Fifty. Well, 50, this is the thing about Fifty Cent, and this is this is why, like, I don't give him the buy, but like, that's his whole game, dude. Like, think about how he got into the game, like. How he stayed in the like 50 cents entire game is poking the fucking bear, you know what I mean? It's like it's how he makes all his how does he stay relevant for 20 years almost 
with that many, that big of a following. And, and his songs aren't as hot as they used to be, right? Fuck his songs. He doesn't give a shit about rapping. He moved he into TV. He runs TV right now for Hood TV. He did it. Like, he did what nobody could do. <laughs> he did it, like right? <laughs> and so, and yeah, he does booze. not successful. Okay, my point is that that's how he makes his money. That's how he stays relevant. People are talking, we're talking about him. Who else that had a hot record yeah. in 2003 are we talking about? I wasn't going right to bring now? his name up, but yeah, I agree. We are talking. I'm about just, him. I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, and, and, and let's it's not fucked up. Too much on him, but yeah, it's fucked long. up, but he pokes the bear. And so, for that, like, I'm not, like, it's not, it's not, it's just, it's his whole but game. Is, but what is the statute of limitations? How long should someone wait? Before they poke True. the bear, well, if you want to go back body. in time, if you're the guy that pokes the bear, you have no statutes of limitations, right? So, like a person like Star who poked the bear many moons ago and got kind of saved from 9 11 with the whole uh Aaliyah situation, but you know, Star disappeared, they made him disappear, but he was still on the, on there for like at least a couple more years. He's gone, he is gone, he's, he's he on has YouTube. no power, he's on YouTube doing late night, yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I love Star. One second. Star was such a hater. I loved it. But I'm saying that they made him disappear. He, he crossed lines with his power. And he put... Okay, that's not what this, this episode is They can't about, do that to 50, though. But still, Let's just... Whatever. You, should you speak ill of the dead? No. Um, I think it's fucked up when people take their beefs up with people that pass. Like, let it ride at this point. And you just condolences. That's it. You know, yeah. keep it moving. You know, and what he said, it's just his cooth was fucked up. Like, it's just crazy. It's a, it's a lunatic that wrote do you, that tweet. Do you, do you have it up, anyone? Hold up. I'll get it. I remember it. He was, like, he was like, he said something like. Well, you, you find it. I'll find it. Uh, little trivia. Um. On his September 19, 2008 interview with Opie and Anthony, he mentions he's not ashamed of anything he's done as an actor, but there is footage of him in hammer pants and a half shirt that makes him cringe. Mm. Hey, bro. It was the late 80s. It was 90. It was 89. It was 88. 89. Hammer pants would have been 89. Lord have mercy. Oh, man. So... That's Man, how I, I learned what Rayon was. How did you learn what Rayon was? <laughs> hammer pants. I wanted to hear this again. Hammer pants. I'm like, what is that? Your Rayon was big when Hammer actually, was out. That's probably not even true because also in the late 80s, Rayon shirts were really popular. Remember that? Yeah, like Rayon was like a that little very like polyester, I believe. Club style, you know, because you tuck yeah. it in. Tuck it in. Kind of like bunch out. You, you kind of like, you know. It's very flowy, you know. Mm, 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 mm. Yo, not too much. Uh, Polka dot ring on shirt. Speaking of Hammer, I heard on the new uh, Rick James doc that your man Rick James goes to town on MC Hammer like no other. Probably mm. going to line it up a little later, but he really didn't care about uh, you can't touch this until the money, until the checks came in. <laughs> it was the long short. Uh, it says oh, Edward yeah. Nor Norton actually wrote the cameo for Michael Williams in The Incredible Hulk because he was a fan of The Wire. Ed Norton, he just right, wanted him dope. in there. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Ed Norton is he's a he's a super talent, man. So yeah, if I didn't realize I didn't know he wrote it for him, but that yeah, that that's what's up. That's what absolutely what's up. Oh um, whoa, this is so weird. It says in the IMB trivia, it says that Williams suffered from an identity crisis during his portrayal of Omar, going by his character's name and develop uh, addictions during that time in two thousand four. So he was just—he was just in a weird space mentally. Well, a lot of you know, a lot of the times when yo, he I, was sorry, go on. I was gonna say a lot of the times, just actors in general, whenever they play these sort of heavy traumatic roles, they gotta go see like uh, shrinks and specialists to uh, help them come out of that the deepness. You know, the for instance, uh, the fella who played uh, what's the name of that movie where the uh, the Black Panther cat. Uh, what's this dude's name? I forgot his name, but he played the snitch in the movie for Towards the Black Panthers, and it was a really ugly oh, story. Oh, you're talking about uh, Ju- Judah, yeah, the uh, oh, Judas and the, the Messiah. Messiah, Judas and the Messiah, Bring and the guy home. who pretty much played the Judas part was a real life dude. Where in real life, the dude after that one interview killed himself. This dude who pretty much reenacted him super well, Lakeish. Washington, right? Something like that. You've totally lost me. No, yeah. Washington is Denzel's son. Lakeith. That's that's in uh Stansfield. Stansfield. Thank you. you. I'm sorry. I'm all over the goddamn. Place. Yeah, that dude. I was like, I'm in my me track, track right now. Let me track track. <laughs> work it out. Help me dot connect. You remind me of Dave Chappelle. Jesus, it's like Ooh. it's like charades here. Um, <laughs> yeah, that guy's a good actor. He's a great actor, but he needed to uh, spend like proper time for a couple months. After the role in the movie came out with a with a proper counselor to get him straight mentally again after playing the role, and when you watch the movie, it's pretty deep. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, that's kind of mm-hmm. like um, the story of Frank Frazetta. Oh yeah, he was when he was uh, working on Conan. Oh wow! Oh, he lost his mind. Yeah, he was trying lost to get fucking mind. a lot, yeah. like a huge amount of work done oh. in a short amount of time. For a little bit of money. Wow. And little budgets. He like he got it done. He, he, done it. he went but in fact, I think that was when he started working with his left hand too, because he could no longer use his right. Or is that when he fucked up his right hand from this the stress? That might have been it. I, I can't remember that detail now, but yeah, crazy though. He, he, Frank Frazetta eventually had to learn to draw with his left hand. We lost the use of his right hand. Was he as good? A lot of the shit we've seen was. was Are you yeah, fucking kidding me? The, the wow. dude was genius levels for sure. <gasps> Jojo, Frank there's Frazetta a Sasquatch behind you. Boss levels. Uh oh. Um. So. Back to Omar Little. And do we have the tweet? Do you find it? The 50? Yes, he says. I don't have the actual tweet. but Because basically he took it down and put something back up. But I saw the original. And it was a, oh, right. he did. Oh, it was a screen grab. It I, it was, I have it. But it was a screen grab of his like, liquor. And he said, it was a picture of the Raisin Cane. He was like, damn, if you didn't see Raisin Canaan, check it out. That fentanyl is no joke. Killing the clientele. R.I.P. Michael K. Williams. He wrote. And he hashtagged both his liquors. And then he changed it to. Hey, if you didn't get a chance to see Raising Hunt, check it out. Fentanyl is hell of a drug. And then he hashtagged his his two liquors. Yeah, so oh, yeah, he definitely just uh, fentanyl. 
Well, he was just connecting dots in a very dirty marketing way that is just disgusting. And he just didn't care because nobody can stop him. And he just doesn't give a fuck. Yep. Because at the end of the day, he knows one thing. We're still talking about him, whether or not. And it's still selling booze. You and feel tomorrow, like people will buy it. booze. And next week, people will buy booze. And three weeks from now, people will forget. It's sad, uh, but true. It's tough. But, you know, man, everybody got up. somebody. It's and he's uncouthful. Just, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's and, absolutely You know, disgusting. the man just passed, and he was a phenomenal human. He had his problems, and that's that. Right. Right. I mean, you should just let it ride. Like, you want to do that shit? Like, <clears throat> just, you know, there's there's levels of dick shit, and that shit is extra. Right. Right. But he changed it for fifty cents to change something. He poked the wrong he bear. Must, he felt the he felt the pain. He felt that he was like, oh. I heard, I heard the I heard the cats the 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 the, uh, the comments were off the chain when oh he initially God. put it up. So Shoot. what did he put up? I just read it. Um, yeah, yeah. You gonna do it again? <laughs> Let's do it oh, again. No, 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 oh my God! I just lost it. <laughs> He's yeah. basically throwing shade and, and promoting his show. Let your mind be while he was doing it. That's it. Oh jeez. Yeah, he's doing what he does. His 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 hashtags are always the same on all of his posts. Well that yeah, he doesn't like choose that. That's just what he puts up every time. So yeah. I like I like uh the, the trivia that IMDB gives you in the profile. So I'm gonna pull that back up and just run through let's do it those while we have a little time. All right. So, I'm telling you, this guy was doing That's a lot trivia of or actual factual? I look like factual. Served as the American Civil Liberties Union celebrity ambassador to the to campaign, campaign for, for Smart Justice. Justice. Uh, he established Making Kids Win, a charitable organization whose objective is to build community centers in urban neighborhoods and they need a safe places for children to play. To learn to play. Nope. Um, He had yep, deep roots in Greenville, South Carolina, on his father's side. That's what he's talking about. Oh, hold on. Don't skip that Star Wars thing real quick. He actually was supposed to be in Star Wars, but was removed. In 2018, in Solo. Oh, that was that trash. Was removed after being unable to return to set during the film's reshoots. Must have been working. Oh. Yeah. Uh, his obituary stated he was only survived by a son, Elijah. However, some sources say that he had three children. He did clarify in 2020 he has three children, none of whom are his biological children. Added their biological father passed away when they were young. He was, was the, the only, only father, father they've known. Oh, man, that's crazy. Uh, but yeah, I did see him say this statement that uh, he was never a thug and never even liked to fight. And uh, yeah, we got through this story. So I, we actually we, we went through a lot of the stuff. Did you guys see that series, The Night Of? Yeah, that was a really good. Uh, no, I never saw it. You know that. You know who worked on that? Kenny was the was. If you watch uh, John Turturro talk about that, he talks mm-hmm. about Kenny. John Turturro brought Kenny in on that to be that he's the guy that is based off of more or less. Oh, like. like yeah, 
Like he's like crazy. Yeah. The, if you, uh huh? It's a lawyer we know. Um, let me find it. Let me find it. I was gonna say that. Uh, yeah, you know, it's got that one really good uh English guy that played the lead role. Lord Jamal is in there. Um, there's a couple of really good actors and actresses in there. That was... Lord Jamar. Lord Jamar ain't a good actor. Um, <laughs> Lord Jamar. This Lord man Jamar. is on time. This guy just came out. He was like, You're my guy. You're my guy. Lord Jamar is good at being salty. <laughs> You're my guy. There he is. He woke up right at the right time. It was just at like, expert, right time. Expert song level, level 10. So, Joe, talk to us yes. about Omar. Oh, yeah. Talk to us about Omar. The, the, from the dealer the, robbing. Yes, openly gay, thugging character that was more manly than everybody else on that show put together. Mm. You know, as what far a Robin as a, Hood a, character. a villain. Yeah, yeah, as far as a, a villain, and he wasn't quite really a bad guy in that sense, like, it, you know, because you saw that he had other motivations, you know. Mm-hmm. The character itself was a groundbreaking character for the time that it came out, you know. It really was. There was never anyone like that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was groundbreaking character that was created by the people. Yeah, that was not some fake shit or Omar. We all that that shit was as real as it could get. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a shame that we get to lose him as an actor because he he, you know, he's uh, uh, you know he was definitely you know an A A list actor. Oh, big time! He got a role that nobody forget. yeah, and, uh, you know, very inspiring for other young black actors that want to get out there and, uh, you know, be successful, too. Donnie mm-hmm. Andrews was the inspiration for Omar Little. La- Larry Donnell Andrews. Mm. Donnie, April 29, 1954, December 13, 2012, was an American stick-up artist, murderer, and anti-crime advocate. He was inspiration for the character Omar Little on HBO series Wire. Grew up in the housing projects in West Baltimore. This is him. Is there a photo of him? Um, Yes. On his Wikipedia. Throw it up. Oh, I got it. it. Give me a second. I'm going to share it. Let's go. Hold up. Let's go. Hold up. One second. Working it out. I guess also the thing for the wire while we on it was the fact that they got the hood right finally in, 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 in a commercial setting. I don't think there's a movie that's ever been so close to the streets like The Wire has. So that yeah. he's that that's him right here, apparently. Oh, that's oh, wow. word. So that's Jamie Hart. Yeah, that's the cast. With the cast of The Wire. Yeah, so. Died I mean, in Manhattan. That girl that they had on there that played Snoop. She is real. She was as real as they come. <laughs> well, no, like, really- he... he uh, actually, it's interesting because um, Michael K. Williams met her at the Paradox at a Baltimore nightclub one night and brought her to set. Oh, oh that's he was how she got. Yeah. Wow. yeah, was like, "Yo, you need to be on this this show." She's as real as it gets, and she was 
She have, she actually turned out to be like a real drug dealer. Well, uh, ultra gangster. Caught, hey, are you ultra gangster? And got caught up in some really big, big uh, thing and went to prison. It's like this. Hey, you can't go on some real shit though. You can't go on TV and be that person and go back to real life and be that person. That's impossible for that role which she killed. That's crazy. Oh yeah. Am I wrong though? Is that like crazy to think? That that was another. That was another groundbreaking role when you think about it, right? Like uh, the role of yeah, Chris. Chris was. Yeah, but Snoop. You know what though was was that that real? What's right? really interesting is it was like I was living in Baltimore and that was being filmed, and like there's like some of that was it's just perfect. too close, <laughs> a little, a little too close to real life, huh? <laughs> yeah. Hey man, not to like, not to like get on my my soul. My girl has lived in the area and they actually shot on her block in Baltimore but peak this never watched an episode and guess what she's about to do well yeah this is the thing I didn't do it either so my my boy worked on it as a PA and shit and he was running around the city and whatnot and like we were so excited when it came out we were living in Baltimore when it came out and like we put that shit on that first episode and after it everybody in the room was like really good on that we didn't watch oh. it. We stopped watching. We the whole room stopped watching it, and it was like, mm, yeah, I'm good right now. Like we heard, we turned off and heard the sirens. So like it was kind of like, oh, uh, yeah. And then many years later, I was like, I really need to watch this. Like I, I binged it. Like, and I was like, it brought me. It was good then. Like years mm-hmm. out of like right. living there, it right. was amazing. And it was like creepy good. Like because I was there at the same time they were filming, so it was like. Oh, this is the place I was living in. It was like, like, and not in the hood. We didn't live in the hood because, like, but I, you end up in the hood at some point once in a while. And West Baltimore is a wild place. <laughs> yeah, that's what I hear. I hear that part of Bmore is wild. We got yeah. blinking logo, which means we got. It's about that time. About two minutes to go. And Michael. Rest Kennedy. in peace, Michael. Rest in peace, man. Rest in peace, man. We Thank you, know, you we lost all the inspiration, it, man. Yeah. Yes, yeah, for real, man. You lost. We lost a real one right there, man. We yeah. Lost long live the there legacy, it is. man. Real one. You know. Uh, you got good actor. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a wire. sip. I'm gonna take a sip for him. And are you drinking a truly track? Jesus. I'm drinking a truly. <laughs> I'm drinking an Autokringer. They might actually pay us truly. Autokringer doesn't give a fuck about us. Well, get give us some truly. Yeah, man. Michael Rest K. Williams, nineteen sixty-six to two thousand twenty-one. That's fifty-four. Is he years young? Yeah. And, um, you know, what can you say, man? The cycle man. of life continues. Uh, we'll be able to at least remember him by his talented performances in such classics as *The Wire*, *Boardwalk Empire*, and most recently *Lovecraft Country*. Um, and uh, yeah, go back in time and check him out in Crystal Waters, 100% pure. That's what's up. Uh, yeah, man. More garbage podcast. JoJo, take us out. All right. On behalf of my man, DJ Vandal, the pixelated llama, my man, Fubzilla, T.R.A.C, aka El Traco. My name is DJ JoJo. Rest in peace. 
Michael K. Williams, a moment of silence. We out of here. garbage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.